0: This episode is brought to you by the ASIAL Go app, free and exclusive to ASIAL members. Find the latest industry news, updates, events, publications, resources and much more. Simply go to your app store and search for ASIAL Go to install. In this episode of the ASIAL Security Insider Podcast, we are talking about the importance of breaking down silos in the convergence of physical and cybersecurity. Traditionally, in many organisations, as most of you would know, physical and cybersecurity professionals have been partitioned into two groups, possessing different skill sets and reporting structures. Typically, the physical security professionals may wear many hats and are responsible for operations, facilities and business continuity, while the cybersecurity people are responsible for things like IT functions and report to the chief information officer or CIO. Furthermore, some organisations include an operational technology officer uh, as a security professional. As organisations are seeing more and more cyber threats and ransomware attacks, supply supply chain disruption, I should say, sorry, and a growing attack surface on physical devices, organisations are actively looking at converging the two groups under a chief security officer. In today's podcast, We are speaking with two industry experts from the physical and cybersecurity professions who will discuss some of the challenges, best practices, and how technology plays a key role in the convergence of physical and the cybersecurity domains. Our guests today are Jamshed Patel and Joey St. Jacques. Jamshed is the Vice President of Value Engineering at Alert Enterprise Inc., where he helps lead the Silicon Valley-based software company's fastest-growing global business of groundbreaking security convergence solutions that are being adopted by some of the world's most prominent and influential organisations and critical sectors. Joey saint is currently the Director for Business Development at Acre, ACRE and Chair of the Security Industry Association Utilities Advisory Board. In his previous role, Joey was employed in uh, the critical infrastructure sector for over 30 years in various roles, including uh, in areas such as engineering, telecommunication, finance, business continuity, facilities management, and physical and cybersecurity, as well as cloud adoption. So Jamshed, Joey, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. For people who aren't familiar with your background, Jamshed, perhaps you can start off by telling us a little bit about your background and, and where you're from.
1: Sure, uh, thank you. Uh, I am uh, vice president of value and engineering and solutions engineering at Alert Enterprise. We provide converged security across IT, OT, and physical security systems. And uh, my particular role and my passion is to bring technology like artificial intelligence and mobile technology and others to be able to improve the experience for security personnel everywhere uh, and to be able to improve the security experience and security posture in the workplace.
0: Excellent. And Joey, tell us a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah, so I'm the business development person for
2: Acre. And uh, I have 30 years uh, experience in critical infrastructure, background in everything from uh, building substations, transformer stations, uh, generating stations, and uh, basically looking after kind of physical cybersecurity for the organization in both Canada and the US. That was my previous job. And now I'm I'm full-fledged Acre employee in the access control um, field. Excellent, and so today we are talking about
0: the challenges of converging physical and cyber security because up until not too recently uh, or not too distantly, uh, both of those things had run as separate siloed organizations. We had physical security, we had cyber security um, and they would do their own respective things. Perhaps you could start off by telling us and Jamshed, maybe you can kick this off by telling us about some of the the more common challenges and mistakes you see organizations make when converging the two and why we let's begin with why we want to converge the two.
1: Yeah, the silos that exist today between physical and cybersecurity are one of the greatest points of vulnerability in our systems in general, right? Whether you look at regulated industries where, with a lot of critical infrastructure or any industry out there, manufacturing, healthcare, you know, aviation, and so on. And so the, there is a great need to bridge those silos. If you do not bridge those silos, you have a, 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 a security gap that, uh, that, that players can exploit in order to launch an attack against your company.
0: Yeah. And Joey, from your perspective, I mean, tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing in this area and why. Because it seems to me that when you migrate traditionally analog systems into a digital world, especially systems that were once themselves siloed, if we take physical security as an example, where we traditionally used to have an access control system that was hived off from a CCTV system, that was hived off from an intrusion detection system, All of those systems now running together in a digital environment, which it would seem, unless it's really well protected, introduces some pretty horrendous vulnerabilities.
2: Correct. Um, So digital transformation, going from uh, analog to digital. Yes, we continue on with that. Uh, What we've noticed in the past that uh, your typical physical security practitioner, um, they may have legacy systems in place. And now comes the time where it may be a next generation of security practitioners are coming up and saying wow you know this is the latest tool can do this 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 so we're seeing a bit of a shift now of timing uh, to start moving from that whole analog to digital and uh, I think it's start, starting to tie into you know physical and cyber security so when you do this digital transformation it's it's now IT cyber practitioners are getting involved and engaged in it and you're starting to see from a whole on-premise solution moving to cloud and what does security look like on both sides once you do that move and so I think security practitioners now on the physical security side are starting to look at this and saying oh okay uh, my system I need to start looking at how do I make it secure from the old on-premise systems which worked quite well but it's just uh, there's a big movement now on the functionality of of um, uh, tools that are out there for a security practitioner. Yeah. It seems
0: to me though that one of the areas, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, one of the areas that we're seeing challenges in is that there's not a lot of thought given by the physical security managers to the cybersecurity of the devices that they're introducing to the network, and I'll to illustrate the example, there was quite some controversy um, pre-COVID around 2019 with Chinese manufactured cameras. Where a lot of organisations, and even here in the US, they were saying we're, we're putting a hold on certain cameras because those cameras seem to be talking to various areas that we don't want them to. Now, cybersecurity understand that, but physical security don't tend to give a great deal of thought to it, more so now than in the past. But Jamshed, I mean, from your point of view, how do we need to be approaching the physical security side of things with a mind to cyber intrusion and detection?
1: Great question. Uh, I think it starts by the the core convergence of those two, right? If you look at it just from a physical security perspective you might say, well, this system is fine, right? It's, it's giving me the images and the video feed that I need. If you look at it just from an IT perspective, it might seem fine. But when you bring those two perspectives together and you look at it holistically, that's where you start to see the vulnerabilities in the system. And as the threat posture has evolved, you have state actors that are trying to cause damage. You have private criminal organizations, very sophisticated organizations who are looking to exploit specific vulnerabilities in a given organization security profile in order to be able to access the data, right? Access data for the users, access data for customers of the system, um, and then be able to launch attacks based on that. Um, When you bring all of that together, that's when you see the full 360 degree view that allows you to block those attacks and, and, and bridge those silos. Um, an example is, and then I use this in a talk that I gave you know, a few minutes back with Joey, is if you have a problem in a remote substation, as an example, if I'm a utility, as an example, and I see a remote problem, I see a, something come into my SOC, well, how do I know whether to send a guy or a, or a person with a gun or to send a person with a wrench or a person with a laptop to solve that problem? And when you look at it just individually in silos, you don't really have that full picture Mm. because you might have, you know, the temperature is going up, right, of of a particular transformer. So you might decide, okay, I want to send a person with a wrench, but then you correlate that with a sensor that has picked up a gunshot. And now you know that the temperature rise is probably correlated with a attack on the substation and now you are better prepared to respond to that and to send the appropriate response team to that substation to manage the situation. I think what you're seeing from a security,
2: physical security practitioner's point of view, um, where traditionally physical security would go and buy a product and then put it on the network, and sometimes IT would show up and say, oh, that's interesting, you've got a new camera. How did you validate it through another group within the organization, being IT and and, and cyber? So when you start reading in the newspaper of um, you know vulnerabilities in systems, you're, or you're finding out that oh this this company got hacked, you start looking at you know the avenues of how threat actors have come into an organization, and and you're starting to see more of an increase in these attack vectors in uh, you know, camera systems, access card systems, um, uh, more and more than anything, and then even building automated systems. So now organizations are starting to look at this, especially the IT component with cybersecurity and saying, oh, by the way, anything that's going to touch our network, we need to validate it uh, through some type of, you know, cyber uh, assurance program. And I think we're seeing more and more of that, which is saying, well, by the way, physical security guys just want to get in and get their systems up and running and they're doing it on their own. Now, this is the talk where at sea levels, they want to bring the two groups together to make sure they're aligned. And we're seeing more and more of that in convergence of physical and cybersecurity.
0: Yeah. Well, Joey, I I think there's an interesting point there that needs to be discussed. And that is that You know, it's enough of a challenge within your own individual organisation when you're introducing new physical security devices to make sure that they're locked down. But if you look at some of the the major cyber incidents that have happened globally over the last few years, where it be um, you know medical insurance companies that have been hacked, or large retail groups that have been hacked, or financial institutions that have been hacked, it's almost always a third party person who's a contractor to that organisation that ends up being the vulnerability. Now, we're starting to see more and more systems integration companies in the security space offering service level agreements to their clients, where it's like, okay, we're going to install the system for you, and then we're going to run and manage the system for you. But that then creates a potential situation whereby... Let's say, fictitiously, I am a security systems integrator and I'm running all of the CCTV and access control and intrusion detection systems for, uh, you know, ABC Bank globally. If I don't lock my systems down properly and I create a vulnerability into ABC's backbone, that's a pretty major issue. How do we deal with that? And perhaps if Jamshed, you can start off by talking a little bit about The sorts of things that as a third-party system integrator, I need to be mindful of to help protect my clients?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. When you think about these types of third-party systems, it's important to secure not just the perimeter of your organization, but the entire supply chain that feeds into the organization. So when you think about something like risk, right, risk associated with an individual's behavior, because a vast majority, I mean, I'd say about 70% of all these attacks are made possible through the use of an insider, as you pointed out. And, you know, how do you detect irregularities in the insider's behavior that allow you to create a risk profile around that and identify and prevent that person from being able to launch that attack in the first place. Well, it's when, when that person sits outside the organization, it's, also, it's equally important to be able to track their behavior patterns as they relate to how they are accessing your systems. It's important, for example, for any of your cameras to track the chain of custody around that asset. It could be any asset. Cameras are an example. But you have to be able to track the chain of custody around any, any given asset. You have to be able to look at access patterns holistically around that asset. You have to look at where the data is coming from, where the data is going, and be able to then make a determination based on that, all, all of that analysis as to whether that presents a threat to your environment or not. And if you determine that it's a threat to your environment, then you've got to take action. But it becomes even more important to do it when it's a third party that's managing that asset on your behalf because you then start to lose a certain level of control there.
0: Yeah. Joey, where does the responsibility sit, for example, if we look at things like a zero-trust network? So I'm now analysing the data packets that are being transmitted between various devices on my network and I suddenly discover that a camera... Which should only be talking to the video management server is talking to uh, an FPOS machine somewhere in my organization. Where does the responsibility for managing that traffic and monitoring that traffic sit? Is that with the systems integrator that's installing and managing those systems, or is that within the cybersecurity team for the organization that I've installed the equipment for, or is it a partnership between both? Where?
2: How does this work? Well, depending if you're on-prem versus cloud, on-prem would be probably within the organization that would manage the system, so that would fall under IT and cyber. Uh, what you see is basically default passwords. Um, they, it seems to be that they don't, you know, nobody ever changes it, and uh, and that's why you know when you do buy a product, its whole um, you know assurance. That your somebody looks after that at the end of the day. Is it physical? Is it cyber? Uh, IT who's doing that? Um, that I think is kind of the start of it. But now, when you look at an on, sorry, a, when you look at a cloud type system, that will be usually through a third party vendor, as what you spoke about, and the integrator as well to make sure that everything is in place and it and is locked down.
0: Yeah. So. Let's stick on that theme for a minute because we're talking more and more now about security as a service that's being offered as a service level of agreement. When we're starting to talk about converging physical security and cybersecurity, and perhaps, Jamshid, you can kick this off, why? Why do we need to converge those two? Why can't they remain siloed?
1: I think you hit the nail on the head there um, when you talked about whose responsibility is it. Traditionally, when you have a siloed security world where the physical security team or, or organization looks after purely physical incidents and you know views that as their domain of responsibility, and then you have an IT security organization that looks specifically at IT cybersecurity-related threats, there are a whole uh, range of threats that kind of fall in between those two. And by having these rigid silos, you're often going to have a situation where it's nobody's responsibility. And so when you have a single point of accountability, whether you do that organizationally, whether you do that through a, 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 a process that you implement within your organization, however you achieve that, but once you achieve that level of, of you know, convergence, then you eliminate that, that deflection of responsibility. Now it becomes the responsibility of that singular organization that's responsible for security across physical, across IT, across OT systems. So that, whether there is a third party involved, whether there is a particular device that's involved that's being compromised, whether there is an insider threat that's at play regardless of the circumstance that singular organization that owns responsibility for security is going to be responsible for ensuring you know for detecting and mitigating and and recovering from that particular incident so you're you're eliminate by eliminating those silos you you move away from this deflection of responsibility and playing the not you know not in my you know it's it's not my problem type of a game to where you're saying okay how do i holistically look at this problem and how do i holistically solve it if if i if i if i'm not managing my assets correctly if i'm not managing and looking at you know where the assets are sending data if i'm not looking at who owns the assets if i'm not looking at who controls the asset at any given point in time whether it's updated or not updated whether it's a point of vulnerability or not that's the responsibility of that singular organization yeah. I, I would probably add on the whole incident
2: response
1: of understanding
2: as a team What needs to be done, and that's how it's communicated. I think that's one of the most important parts of this where everybody is in the know and what do we need to do and how do we hand off things from one another, which is a whole role of responsibilities within an organization. And I I would think it's, you know, the focus would be on incident response, bringing everyone together.
0: So then, if I'm an organization who has typically spent most of my my business life installing cameras installing access control installing intrusion detection and that's my job i come in i install everything and then i walk away but i'm now moving to as you mentioned before a cloud-based service where it's like okay from a preventative point of view we're going to start managing the system for you from a cloud po- point of view so that we can do wonderful things like tell you when a camera is going down or tell you when an access point isn't working the way it's meant to or whatever it may be i'm offering you a level of preventative maintenance but now i'm running a cloud-based system What do I need to start thinking about? Because cybersecurity hasn't traditionally been something that I've been worried about. I've been worried about physical security. What does the cyber world look like? And what are some of the really common mistakes that you see organizations making?
2: Um, When I see organizations, it may be, again, um, you know, looking and working together, you know, from a... One of the challenges just in cloud in general is bringing, you know, the integrator, the IT group, uh, the vendor, and it's a whole thing of around roles of responsibility of an integration. And it's a shared responsibility where you would have, you know, the integrator has some type of security built in and incident response, um, the, um... The vendor would have that as well, all built in. And then you're going to have whoever's doing the hosting, if, if it's um, a cloud provider, what is the security around is, as well as that. So it starts with uh, integrator, uh, vendor integrator, and then the um, the large carriers that would look after, you know, hosting the cloud. So working together and the shared responsibilities and understanding what the role for each one and the configuration is probably the most important thing and, and how you integrate as a team. Because what you hear about and you see is sometimes it's the configuration of the network when if there is ever a breach. Um, and then, so that's, again, what I would think is more, very important as a shared responsibility model that would fit in. Anything you'd like to add to that?
1: No, I think I think you nailed it. I think that it's it's that shared responsibility model, having clearly defined those roles and responsibilities, and it's also from a you know SOC perspective, right? Having that integrated SOC, that integrated view across across your physical IT and OT systems helps you to react to it appropriately when there is an incident. Uh, if you have a malfunctioning camera or a malfunctioning device or alarm or something, you you don't want to overwhelm your 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 security personnel with sort of fake alarms spurious alarms coming from that device right so you want to be able to automatically suppress it uh, the other part of that in is i just I'd like to add is the use of technology you know use of a technology like artificial intelligence to be able to intelligently manage and and suppress alarms and to be able to highlight those alarms that it thinks are going to be high value incidents is critically important because when you look at an organization, the number of sheer number of alarms that come in overwhelm can overwhelm any, any size team, right? But when you use, intelli- you use technology intelligently to be able to minimize what, you know, what, and, and to be able to refine that, that threat, uh, now you're able to respond to it much more effectively. So I think the use of technology and, and having that integrated SOC model is going to be critical uh, to manage that.
0: You talk about the use of artificial intelligence to help manage things like alarms, but do you see a role for artificial intelligence in also helping to manage the maintenance and preventative maintenance of the system? For example, we know that cybersecurity managers for years have been told, patch. You Hmm. need to be patching constantly to make sure that the vulnerabilities in your software are up to date. But I have to ask questions around, you know, we we need to patch firmware on cameras we need to patch firmware on readers are physical security managers as cognizant or as diligent about patching as maybe cybersecurity managers are and the question the answer to that is probably not um, so therefore do you see artificial intelligence taking a role in managing some of those functions more effectively within the organization
1: yeah absolutely because when you have a lot of different data points one of the best ways that you can get that full picture and be able to manage across it is through the use of anomaly detection techniques, for example, with machine learning, right? And so if you are able to to look at that holistic view and if you're able to train your artificial intelligence uh, to be able to recognize anomalies, whether the anomaly could be a certain set of cameras or a certain set of assets are not patched to the latest level, or the anomaly could be, uh, you know, zero-day vulnerability that hasn't been addressed, for example, uh, or it could be a certain access pattern that is unusual, and that, or, or a certain data transfer pattern that's unusual. Any of these could could be a potential incident, and using a well-trained machine learning algorithm or a well-trained artificial intelligence model will be is critical to be able to manage that in a in a, in a cost-effective and timely way. Um, And ideally to do it in a way that would allow you to prevent risks and to be able to head them off before they actually happen versus waiting for them to happen and then taking action to mitigate those risks.
0: Joey, you mentioned before the the cloud security side of things. Do you see the emergence of artificial intelligence and machine learning in managing and monitoring cloud-based systems?
2: That's a tough one man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's alright. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I I I think I think the answer I, is yes, right? Um I mean, and the artificial intelligence is not the answer to all problems yes, today, yeah. right? But it can definitely help. I think um I think that you know one of the things that cloud-based systems allow you to do is learn from the experience of other users that are using that system. So, you know, when you think about an on-premise deployment, it's just you know the the, the set of users are only managing systems for typically for one company. But when you're a cloud-based system, you potentially could have hundreds of customers and the security team that is managing the, the 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 devices and the profiles is learning from the experience of any one of those hundreds of customers and then applying those lessons proactively to everybody else. And so that you know you could leverage artificial intelligence to do that you could do it you know without ai as well but that ability to be able to look across a broader set of scenarios and to be able to learn from that and and proactively help other customers who may also be vulnerable to experiencing those same issues is a a huge benefit
0: excellent so in bringing this to a close if we were to look at the convergence between physical and IT systems, and we were talking to companies that have either been doing this for a while or are starting to do this, is there a sort of you know top three, four or five things that they really need to be looking at and considering to make sure yeah make sure you're doing these three or four things to prevent problems and they might already be doing it but it's nice to know what it is and perhaps jamshed if you can kick that off by saying you know these are the things in my experience that you really need to be monitoring
1: sure i'd I'd, uh, look at it across the axes of people process and technology right so it starts with people and organizations whether you unify the organizations or you put together organization and communication structures that effectively allow you to converge that uh, it doesn't matter but if you do it effectively that's that's the first step right is to look at it you know from a people perspective then there's process perspectives and you know processes could be how do you implement a soc that goes across all three right as opposed to having a it soc and then having a Physical security, you know, um, uh, dashboards that are separate from those. So those processes of of unifying that and making sure that people are cross trained to be able to uh, recognize threats that may not necessarily fit neatly into either a physical threat or an IT threat or a, like a cyber threat. And then the third is technology. You can choose to implement technologies that continue to operate in silos, and that is, you know, in many ways this current state of art for the industry. Or you could choose to look for solutions and look at solutions that actively promote that convergence and that actively are tackling that problem and are staying one step ahead. And if you, you know, it, it's it's you're not going to be able to boil the ocean on day one, so you've got to start somewhere. But you can start to look at it from a maybe the best place to start would be from a governance perspective, right? From a governance audit compliance perspective, how do you put together a it a, a framework that allows you to? to deliver that governance and that compliance and that audit capability across all three vectors. Uh, I think that's a, that would be a great place to start. Yeah, I agree. It's the
2: governance at a higher level, how it would you know fall through the organization, and then again, you know, it's it would be you know the buy-in from um, you know the executive team. But what you hear most from, example today in the audience, is how do we get you know senior management to buy in versus pushing it up from gra- uh, grassroots, and I think that's what a lot of the organizations may have to look at is. How do we get the groups together um, if it's IT, cyber, and physical security? And maybe it's they form maybe a coalition or they form a type of group that report on a regular basis and push up the information on reporting, incident reporting, whatever it may be uh, through the organization and have one spokesperson represent that. So you're actually kind of start the model of what the organization can look like when you do Converge, Physical and Cybersecurity together. Fantastic.
0: Gentlemen, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. James Sheet, if people want to know more about what you do and
1: how you do it, where do they find you? Uh, they could visit our booth at ISC West, or they could come to our website at alertenterprise.com.
0: And, Joey, if people want to find out more about you, whereabouts do they go? The
1: same thing as at our booth on the floor
2: today, and then they can follow up on our website as well, Acre website. Fantastic.
0: Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and we look forward to catching up with you again. Thank you. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, if you've enjoyed this podcast, there are plenty more like this one in the ASIAL Security Insider series. You can find them on uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Blurberry, uh, the Google Play Store, and all the other great places that you can find amazing podcasts. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode. Have a great day.